0: Welcome to Money and Me, where we look at the world through the lens of real investors. Today, we take a look at the state of the market. It's been a volatile year for stocks to say the least. Laundry list of concerns, COVID-19 lockdowns, economic slowdown in China, surging inflation and central bank tightening across the world. So what should investors do during such market uncertainty? We turn to Christopher Tan, CEO of Provident for his ideas. Chris, give us an overview. What do you think has happened to financial markets recently?
1: Hi, good morning, Michelle. Good morning. Yeah, I think everybody knows, as you have said, that the markets have fallen quite a bit this year. I think we look at markets today. Year to date, Well, the US S&P 500 has fallen about 20 percent, you know, and if you include the emerging market, the all-country world index, probably has fallen about the same, but maybe slightly better by about one or two percent. Emerging markets have fallen as well, not so bad, but about 13 percent from the start of the year, and even bonds. It seems that there's nowhere to hide. Even bonds have fallen about nine percent, and as you have mentioned. And it's really no secret now. The main culprit is inflation. The story has not changed. But, I mean, what has caused inflation? You mentioned it as well. Well, largely, yes, it's due to COVID-19, the pandemic. And over the last few years, we all know that well, central banks around the world, are big, center, big countries like the U.S., they have sort of like lower interest rate and given a lot of liquidity, you know, so there's a lot of money out there, people demanding for goods, but well, unfortunately, a lot of money chasing after too little or too few goods, right? Because, well, as you mentioned, lockdowns and there's always all these COVID restrictions in country, even like China is still going for zero COVID policy. So yep. yeah, there's a lot of restriction. The supply chain has been disrupted. And it doesn't help with the Russia-Ukraine war. You know, affecting commodity prices, oil, natural gas, even Ukraine. They export like corns and all that to Europe, and that has been put on a standstill. So a lot of money chasing limited supply of goods that mm-hmm. cause inflation. And so what the government is trying to do right now is they are reversing their gears. They are they're increasing interest rate like crazy. You know, and definitely if you increase interest rate, the hope is that people will spend less. And well, if that happens too quickly and sustain, then that's going to cause recession. And, well, that's bad for stocks. Increasing rates are so bad for bonds. And I don't know. I mean, you can keep increasing interest rates to slow down demand. But the problem is not just demand now. It's also supply. And we don't know when this war is going to end. And this pandemic is ongoing, right? There are now new things like monkeypox and all that. Mm -hmm. So that's really the current state of affairs.
0: It seems like there's no way to hide uh, as you say, nowhere to turn to. Inflation and interest rates both on the rise. What are the characteristics of today's markets that stand out for you, Chris?
1: Yeah, I think it's really very tricky because, I mean, sure I've been doing you know this job for quite a while, and in the past, I mean, over the last twenty years, there have been some other crises. Right, I mean, the earliest that I've experienced in my career is the Asian financial crisis. Mm. The Asian financial crisis is quite different because it's currency-led. Right? I mean, I have no time to go into the details of what happened, but basically we know that in 1997, it all started, the epicenter was Thailand. The government decided to unpack the bud from the US dollar and that created a downfall right so it's currency lag and then we have the tech bubble in 2000 but that's very very concentrated in tech stocks basically it's because back in 1989 if I remember correctly we, we started this whole thing called the World Wide Web you know and then a lot of internet business started coming out a lot of startups there's a lot of money chasing after this startup anything that's dot com people think it's going to make money and even though they are not profitable mm-hmm. even though they are burning cash you know VCs run after it. and they could even IPO even if you don't show revenue uh, well that's sort of like remind us of today there are a lot of specs they are not making money and people are chasing after it mm-hmm. right and then of course when the uh, US raised interest rate the Nasdaq fell and then of course most recently in our memory the GFC of 2008 which is a banking-led crisis and we all know that that's due to poor lending standard lending to subprime borrowers you know, the greed of the banks and then the financial institution fell but this time round, well, it's simple yet not so simple because mm-hmm. it's simple because well it's like a demand and supply issue it's nothing so complicated like O eight, which is really a structural breakdown right uh derivatives kind of products people don't understand they invest so it's complicated but this is not this crisis is not difficult to understand right it's well too much demand inflation goes up increase interest rate but the, the tricky part about this crisis i think that stands out for me is that it's no longer just that, like I say, the demand problem. It's a supply issue as well, and and the the issue, I mean, cannot be controlled by the central bank, like the war. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no influence on when Russia is going to stop the invasion, you know, and things are going back to normal. So this is the tricky part of this particular uh, so-called crisis.
0: So I was reading Market Watch, and it's got interesting analysis if you look at history. There are times where the S&P 500 had a first half fall of 15% or more and mm. then the market experienced an average jump of more than 20% in the second half of the year. Mm. So we'd certainly like to see a bullish case like that now. What do you see ahead, Chris?
1: Well, I think that it is more prudent that investors don't sort of like expect this to end too soon, Mm. right? I mean, the Asian financial crisis recovered in less than two years, very fast, and uh, the GFC took only six months. I remember that you know when it really crashed in September of 2008, and everybody thought that you know it's all doom and gloom and. Every day we read on the papers, you know, AIG in trouble, Citibank in trouble, you know, and then suddenly in April of 2009, the market started recovering and then it was bull run, you know, of course, a little bit of down, but then it was generally very good for 10 years. So I think sometimes investors will think that, okay, this is going to be like GFC, it's going to recover quite quickly. But I would want that. This time round, although the problem is simple, like I said earlier, there's a lot of problem with the supply side, which the central bank, the government has no control over, really. So just be prepared for a more sustained "quote-unquote" crisis. In fact, just yesterday, I think the central bankers around the world, like in the U.S., ECB, and Bank of England, I mean, they are talking about let's forget it. You know, I think the period of low inflation, low interest rate is over, and and that suggests that they are still going to continue to increase interest rate, right? So, I think we have to be prepared for, well, a longer winter this time around.
0: Do you believe you can make money no matter where markets are heading, Chris?
1: I think, well, if you speculate, well, there's always a chance to make money. But we all know that it's very difficult. But if you are a long-term investor, I know I sounded really pessimistic, you know, in the south of the program, <laughs> like everything is going to go down. Indeed. Yeah, but history has shown us one thing. If we studied all the, the crises I mentioned earlier, the AFC, Asian Financial Crisis, tech bubble, and the GFC, and all that, the one thing that is similar is that they all recovered, right? I mean, yes, some took longer. The tech bubble took much longer. The Nasdaq took much longer to recover what they lost. I think you know when the Nasdaq crashed in 2000, it took them about 15 years, you know, before it recovered. But that was because of frenzy speculation. But well, it recovered. So. I think that if you are a long-term investor, well, i would say that, you know, remain calm because the markets will come back. All these things that we are talking about, is a winter, it's a short period, maybe slightly longer, but just like seasons, winter, spring, summer, fall, there is going to be spring. The winter will pass. It's just a matter of time.
0: You know, just last week, Fed Chair Jerome Powell said a U.S. recession is certainly a possibility. Mm. So what do investors need to know about portfolio positioning With a possible recession on the horizon...
1: Yeah, so first thing I'll say is ignore what Porel said because he changes his mind all the time. And sometimes he say that it's, we think a soft landing is possible, and then another time you'll say that, you know, don't expect recession. You know, after a while you get frustrated, right? So I'll say, you know, ignore what all these people are telling you because they may change their mind. But like I said, you know, history has shown us that the markets will come back. We just do not know when. We have recovered from every crisis. Human beings, we are very resilient. But the key is this, whether your investments will recover and give you the returns in the long run mm-hmm. really will depend on what you invest in. Not all investment will come back, right? And it also depends on whether you are able to stay invested in your investments through this crisis. Some people may have been so scared, they got out of the markets already at, you know, the right. peak of the fall. So, mm-hmm. well, I mean then you, you can't get the returns when they come back. So, I will say this that from the investment perspective maybe this time round it is good to sit down with your advisor, mm-hmm. Or if you are doing this on your own, sit down, review your portfolios to make sure that you are invested in stuff that from evidence will go up when markets recover and will go up in the long run. Well, I'll give an example. I mean, a well-diversified portfolio consisting of thousands of stocks is much better than if you just buy a few stocks. You know, and you can, I mean, nowadays you can just go to the over online brokerage and buy an index-based ETF or such. I mean some of your advisors will even offer them. Right. I mean this is much better than just be so concentrated on a few stocks because that if a recession really comes and it's sustained, some of these companies may not survive. So that's from the investment standpoint. Just review your portfolio. Make sure you're invested in the right stuff. But what is more important, Michelle, in my opinion, mm-hmm. is your short-term financial planning because you must have the ability to stay invested if this is going to be a long winter, right? So the same old advice will stand, have emergency fund. Don't overinvest it. I know it's very, very tempting right now. Mm. That, oh, it's down twenty yeah. percent. You know, I'm just gonna throw everything in. But it could be a long winter, and a recession may come, and you may lose your job. Right, so have emergency fund. Please don't invest everything. Now is not the best time to take loans. Unnecessary. In the Asian financial crisis in Singapore, although we were not much affected. We still had a mild recession, but I don't know whether you remember Michelle, mm. in uh, 1996 the government had some cooling measures rolled out for property market, and then the property market crashed, and so it was a perfect storm, right? Property market crash, and then, you know, the banks called for top of the loan, and then 1997 we have Asian financial crisis, so please don't unnecessarily take huge loans. We all know interest rate is going to go up, you know, and we do not know how long it will be, and you may have to of this a very high interest rate and now it's probably not the best time to change job yeah because if there's a recession there's retrenchment and you just change job you might be the first one to go and you might really want to sit down and do some budgeting and lower some expenses if uh, if possible and so if you do that then I'm quite sure you would be able to weather this storm and then the markets will come back and then you will get your returns
0: So you mentioned it could be a long winter. And for people who don't have a long runway to hope for a rally to to be able to be seen in their lifetime, what about retirees? What should they do
1: now? Well, I think for retirees, I mean, this is what we tell our retiree clients, right? I mean, the last five years or so, the markets have been fantastic. I mean, last year when we ended the equities market, well, I think the S&P 500 did about 26%. Right, So you would have made money over the last five years. I would say that if you need money in the next one, two years, you are retiring, take a good look at your portfolio, and then you may want to take some money off the table. Now you may not get the best right now, but I don't think you have lost money really because you have made quite a bit the last five years. Take some money off the table, enough for the next one or two years, so that if the markets continue this way, you have no stress. You can actually still you know consume, no stress. The rest of your portfolios, well, Hold they're going to come back. But take some money off the table to last you for the next one or two years.
0: All right. And when all this is over, Chris, what are some lessons that you hope will take from this time?
1: Well, you know, Michelle, I've learned a lot, a lot over the last 20 years, a lot. And I'll say this, be careful with anything that has got to do with leverage. Right, Because if I look at the crisis, it is not the investment that killed people most of the time. It's because you know they take up loans and they cannot service the loans and, and a lot of bad things happen. The last few years, financial institutions have been selling these things called premium finance insurance, if you remember. right, Premium finance, universal life, premium finance, endowment, retirement income. And those were the good times when your financial institution can tell you it's very low interest rate, just borrow. I think there's going to be a lot of unraveling going for the next few years because interest rates going to go up they it's going to service this loan. So be careful with anything to do with leverage after all this is over. live below your means. You know, always have enough emergency fund. Income is your most important financial asset. If you have income, you're not too afraid of any crisis. So make sure that, you know, you keep your job, always stay relevant. And the last thing I'll say is mm-hmm diversify your investments. The tech bubble has taught us that if you are so concentrated, you know, into, I mean, the last few years, people are all over growth stocks. They don't even care whether, you know, these companies are making money, right? But I'll say diversify your investment. Don't just take concentrated bets on one sector uh, or a few stocks. These are the lessons I've learned over the last two decades. And today, when I see people suffering from this current crisis, I mean, it just reminds me that if they have done all these things, uh, they really wouldn't be hurt too badly.
0: All right, worth listening to all over again as well. Chris, thanks for your insights this morning.
1: Thank you, thank you, thank you for having me, Michelle.
0: He's Christopher Tan, CEO of Provident, right here on Money and Me. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O.